Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. Dave. Eric. This episode is, uh, is more than meets the eye. You could say that. And uh, the lead is currently not going to be in disguise. No, it's not. Because I'm not going to bury it. Can you it. disguise a lead? I don't know. I know you could bury one. But we, okay. we, should, we should really... We do not do that. No, 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 no. But we should really roll out and just announce today's guests. Um, I just have one question for you, Dave. Do you yeah. have the touch? Um, I've got the power. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Nailed it. Nailed it. I was hoping I was hoping we were going to get like a Mark Wahlberg, Dirk Diggler sort yeah. of impersonation, but it's kind of late. Yeah. And it's a lot on the, it's a lot on the pipes, you know. It's allergy season. <laughs> it would have been perfect though. You would have nailed it. Well, if if you haven't picked up on it already, um, and you didn't read the title of the episode, and you didn't look at the tile art, and you're just coming in completely in the dark. <laughs> or didn't see Instagram. <laughs> None of that. None of that. This is your brand. First of all, if you're brand new here, hi. Welcome. Um, but uh, yes, today we are joined by a, uh, a new guest on the pod. We have had other members of this absolutely talented, awesome team uh, on the show before, but we are finally adding uh, adding today's guest to the list uh, we would we, we are welcoming Ben B Mac McRae marketing on the uh, the Hasbro Transformers team. Ben B Mac, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, very excited to join the the prestigious world of what my other teammates have already had the chance to do. Yeah, I mean we're just like we're just collecting Hasbro folks. Eventually, Perfect. eventually we're going to get you all. <laughs> We're like Pokemon now. You got to collect us all. See if you can evolve us up. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so before we kind of dive into your history with toys and you know and and kind of how you wound up at Hasbro and everything, uh, as this is a show about collecting, the first thing we ask all of our guests: uh, What are you currently collecting, and what are some of your recent pickups? Yeah. Um, for me, I'm sure this isn't going to be a shock for anybody that's paid attention to our streams or seen me crash a G.I. Joe fan stream here or there. Um, G.I. Joe is my ultimate true love. Um, no disrespect to Transformers by any means, but um, I was actually a toy tester for G.I. Joe at Hasbro as a kid. So I've just kind of always been in love. It was something that my dad passed on to me. He was watching G.I. Joe and buying the comics before I was even born. So by the time I could pick up a comic, like I had the first four and a half years worth of G.I. Joe books or Marvel to read. And that show was just on every afternoon. So um, classified definitely have at least one, but more likely three of every character that's come out since that line launched. So um, yeah, that's my, my current go-to. I also collect some of the X-Men stuff. I was a huge age of apocalypse kid, love Joe Mattarea um, and that whole arc of comics that just hit perfectly in that era of my life. So as soon as that first wave came out, which I think actually launched before I was at Hasbro, um, I ordered that whole wave and then the second wave came and then it still didn't include Mr. Sinister. So I got to go after Dan and Ryan and be like, I know there's another wave. Why would you do that to me? Um, 
So I've been really digging a lot of the classic X-Men stuff that's been coming out as of late as well. So there's a lot to unpack here. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so b- before we get into the, uh, you know what, let's just go right into the toy tester thing. So please yeah. tell us more about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had a family friend who um, worked in the factory when the offices that we're in now were actually still one of the factories um, and they never had any kids. So he was able to like adopt me per se as his toy tester family member. Um, and he just was able to get me on GI Joe. So I have some stuff in my basement, like wrong color prototypes, um, stuff that never actually ended up coming out. Um, just a lot of late, like late eighties, early nineties stuff. Um, I think it's the battle America tank is what it's called. It's like the one that looks like tank, but flips down and is the brick um, walls that they can all stand on, which makes no sense for a vehicle, but it was so nineties that it hurt. Um, <laughs> I think I tested like a hundred different rubber bands to try to make that center platform work. And like, I never got a working one, but they did finally get one when the toy came out. So like mine doesn't actually stay down anymore. Um, I tested the the new HQ that came out at that point. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Like I just got lucky in that I got to do that. I did test some like Nerf sport things and a couple other things along the way, but like 98% of everything I got to play with was Joe. And because the internet and cell phones and stuff didn't exist back then, you actually got to keep the toys when you tested them. So um, I actually still have them now. Like I'm like now where we come in, it's IP secure and all that. So it was really cool. And I never understood why my dad hated it because he also had to fill out like this survey, like how was it to build, how we're putting on the decals. And I was just like, <laughs> I get to play with cool toys. This is great for me. So uh, it was kind of one of those funny processes that I never, you know, had to really play with. Like he had to do the hard work and I got to have the fun. So that's amazing. Do you, do you remember like, uh, you know, having friends over or anything to play with them too, where they were like, Whoa, this is the best. Yeah, some of it, mainly family um, that were like trying to like, oh, I, I'm going to borrow this. And I'm like, no, you're going to put that back like right now. It's mine. You're not taking it out of here. Um, to this day, the sad, like I got to test that HQ um, and one of my cousins actually broke off one of the gun turrets and like the molded plastic for the bottom of the turret is different on the, the full line production run. So like it's complete, but incomplete because that one piece is broken and it like kills me to this day. It's awesome to have, but at the same time, I'm just like, man, it's not 100% complete. So. Man, that's awesome. That is really, yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's so cool. And then, and then the other thing you mentioned, uh, you know, that that obviously, you know, the G.I. Joe is, is your love and everything. Um, must have been pretty cool to be part of the crossover stuff then, getting to bring Transformers into, into the G.I. Joe world. Yeah, um, it was awesome. When I joined the product team, which I'm sure we'll get into, like, my whole journey, um, that was one of the projects that just, like, all of a sudden I see, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to manage this. Like, this, I'm taking this project. It's mine. Like, I have it. Don't worry about it. It'll be cool. And I was like, yep, Megatron, his tank. This makes total sense. Um, Saw that we were doing Awestriker Bumblebee. That was coming a little later. I'm like, that's really cool. I'm like, okay, so for next year, here's what we have to do. And I was just, like, super stoked. Like, this is what it's going to be. So, like, I haven't been shy about the fact that there will be more of these crossovers. So, one is coming. You might be able to guess, like, when it might get announced. um, Because we kind of have a cadence now. Um, (laughs) for it so it's this year's is going to be really awesome um i'm super stoked um when i decided to pursue it mark's like i have a whole deck on that i thought about that like three years ago here's what it should look like and it was just it instantly came together so it was fun yeah i I, I can't imagine the conversation between you mark and lenny as you're trying to like (laughs) yeah you know combine the it's just yeah awesome yeah we nerd out a, a lot so 
So um, how did you find your way to Hasbro and the Transformers team? Yeah, uh, my story is kind of interesting in that regard, in that um, I, let me give you a little backstory. So I used to help run Magic the Gathering events all over the world for a contractor. Um, We got that contract officially at the end of 2017. I worked for them full time through 2018, and then they did some restructuring, and I was kind of one of the only East Coast people, and it just made more sense for them to keep their West Coast team, so I got laid off. And then I was kind of having issues finding work. So I decided it was time to go back to school and pursue my bachelor's because I'd had my associates since like 2004, getting out of high school and going right to college. So I went back to school. um, And in the process of pursuing that, uh, an internship on the franchise side of the Transformers team got posted. And I was like, I'm in school. Says I just have to be an active student. Let's apply to this. So I did. Um, got interviewed. It was very like just you know fortunate in that they were looking for somebody that wasn't very green. They needed somebody that could come in and like hit the ground running. So I had a lot of experience from owning my previous merch companies and doing that event stuff and just like being working with franchises. So that was my start. Got in as an intern in the fall of 2020. Yeah, um, and worked on the franchise team and then got extended for a second internship right around Christmas time. And then about March of 2021, um, Rachel, for those of you who remember her from some of our fan streams and PulseCon, um, she was having her first kid. And so she was going out for maternity leave. And basically the product team stole me from the franchise team and put me in charge of product of which I had never worked on before. And that was two and a half years ago now. So like I've been here ever since, um, clearly moved around and start to work on a lot of different things. So that's my, uh, that's my journey of how I got in and where I'm at now. That's awesome. And, and I mean, you, yeah. you've kind of alluded to the fact that you, you know, you have, were, were very ingrained in like the Hasbro fandom when you were a kid, but that, that was on the GI Joe end. Um, you know, were you big into transformers when you were a kid too, or did kind of the role suck you into the fandom? I was a Transformers kid, not anywhere near what I was for G.I. Joe by any means. I had watched G1, uh, the first DVD I ever bought. I actually tried to go buy the G.I. Joe movie, and it was sold out, so I bought Transformers the movie. Um, I did get my G.I. Joe DVD like a couple of weeks later, but um, I, mean, I mean, that intro. How can you not like the intro to the G.I. Joe movie, right? So I just, um, <laughs> I just took, uh, this past summer, I took... I took uh, my seven-year-old to go see it when they showed it in theaters. Oh yeah, awesome. perfect. Such we all went. Experience. It was hilarious. Like the whole Joe team, a bunch of us in the Transformer team, we all got to go to. It was, it's funny to watch that now in theaters with everybody because you never got to. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Transformers, I was into it. Um, when Beast Wars came out, it actually kind of hit perfectly. It was on every morning on my local TV channel while I'd eat breakfast before school. So I watched a lot of that show. So it was kind of interesting in that I joined the Transformer team and the 25th anniversary of Beast Wars and Kingdom was coming. Wow! So it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I really know this show, so it worked out well. Um, I kind of dropped off a little, like when I got to college, didn't really watch like Armada or Energon or Cybertron or any of that. Um, And then Prime came out when the Hub Network, and they were also relaunching Joe, so like I had got clued into the Hub Network. Um, Loved Prime, was absolutely in love with that show. Uh, Watched all of the Prime Wars trilogy, and then clearly was, you know, into the war for Cybertron stuff and had been watching it before I applied and then, you know, got to see earth rising kingdom come out while I was there. Yeah. Prime is still like, I, those designs are so sharp. They're almost, um, mm-hmm. they're almost like take a, take a page out of a uh, Evangelion, like the, like kind of like stretched, like warped. Everybody's yeah. tall and angular and yeah. yeah the show was so unique. It was well like ahead of its time. Um, 
And as I've been here, learned that it was expensive to animate, and <laughs> as you would expect. So makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I was also like into comics a lot. My dad was a huge comic collector, so um, when Devils Do it was a Dreamwave, one of the two. Whenever they got the Transformers license after Marvel, and Pat Lee was doing the artwork, I was just like happened to be in a comic shop and i'm like this cover is awesome i need this and so like i have the decepticon and the autobot number ones and so i've always just kind of been like in and out of the fandom for transformers you know not i i I have no evan or mark by any means those guys pull stuff out of everywhere and i'm just like how do you know this um so yeah having having mark uh, mark being our first uh oh i guess lenny was technically on before mark but he was already transitioning from transformers to gi joe like we knew that that was happening but when we had mark on it was it was one of it was such a fun interview but it was also a challenge for us as like people who are i i you know you know full disclosure like we we are green when it comes to transformers Mm -hmm. like our knowledge doesn't go very very deep so when we had him on, it was almost like we were sitting there like, mm-hmm, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. more. <laughs> he pulls out stuff all the time. He's like, we should do this character. I've been dying to get this out. And I'm like, who are you talking about? Like, if it wasn't for TF Wiki, man, there's times where I would just be completely lost. Like, I, I go there at least 10 times a day when we start brainstorming for the next year. Or we're working on an exclusive capsule. And I'm just like, who's this? What did you pull out? Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. Oh, what's this character? Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm, that's cool. Those colors work. Let's, let's look at that. Um, it's they're They're absolutely talented and incredible. Um, and this brand is, can give all of its success on fan products like generations for studio series and that to to those two and sam smith who was on our team for a while um and lenny too like clearly lenny had a lot to do with transformers before moving to gi joe so you and speaking of evan um you and evan just wrapped up on the latest hasbro pulse fan stream where a new robosend optimus prime was introduced uh tell us about this elite optimus prime yeah um it's pretty awesome it's very close to the flagship that came out um but now that the flagship is out of stock and unattainable um robeson and pulse wanted to get back together and bring out another item because there was more demand from people that wanted their song auto converting optimus prime um which is an awesome thing to play with so the elite's a little smaller but it still has a lot of the same like motor i think it has the same number of motors the same number of servos all of that stuff so it's just a little more compact um the big thing that i got from this and like from talking with 60 prior to the fan stream and like just getting a little bit of background on it from robeson is that this one's a little more interactive with the app than the flagship was like there's some challenges and you unlock extra moves and you can also do your own like building stuff with this in like terms of making some new robotics abilities with him um so it's a little more interactive and playful than the flagship was initially like there's stuff now that people have figured out how to do with the flagship but again like if you feel like you missed out and you don't want to spend that much money trying to find one you now have a chance to go pre-order that elite you're gonna get it it's awesome um it's a very cool toy robeson is really cool um I like everything they do. I spent 40 hours listening to Peter Cullen lines when I was on the franchise side of the business, cataloging them because they had been recorded, but nobody had ever transcribed them. Um, he wished me very many happy birthdays and very different inflections because we part of those audio files were also when we had greeting cards for Optimus Prime. Um, so yeah, so I put a lot of love, like a whole a legit whole week. All I did, like ignored emails, ignored meetings, was listen to 40 hours of Peter Cullen lines. <laughs> 
It's like that uh, when when you you guys partnered uh, with Calm. I think the app was the yep. Colin. Yeah. you know, tells you a bedtime story. I <laughs> that legit was I yeah. It his, his voice just those those so tones of yeah. your Colin. He's super, and he's a super nice person too. Um, and if you ever have the chance to talk to Frank Welker, very mind blowing. And the fact that his natural voice sounds like Fred from Scooby Doo, of who he is the voice of, mm-hmm. and it just like it's very like weird to like you're like, oh, I'm having a conversation, but I really feel like you need a white shirt and an ascot right now so we can talk <laughs> properly. Like, um, but he's one of the, again one of the nicest people in the industry. Like, we super lucked out in who we we've had make our show historic throughout the forty years of the brand. You know. Yeah, and and you know, just getting back to the 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 Robeson, uh, you know, Optimus, it's just one of those things where like, I can't believe how far toys have come. Like, I'm sitting here with you know an Optimus Prime from just you know a few years ago, and the idea that there's one that's you know just a few inches taller than this, and and you can talk to it, and he does push ups and plays air guitar and drums, and it's just like, I can't believe we've gotten here. It's uh, it's unbelievable. It's- it's kind of what you hoped they would do when you were when you were younger. Now, kind of evolved to, no, this is what they do. And like yeah. he breathes, like him just sitting there, yeah. like he has that like gentle, like you could see mm-hmm. his chest moving. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so, yeah, it's so well done. Robeson's been a great partner. Um, excited for everything that they've done. Looking forward to you know what else is potentially possible as time continues. Yep. Yeah, speaking of Frank Welker, hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully, you have forty plus hours of Frank Welker in your <laughs> <laughs> distant <Yeah>. future. <laughs> Sadly, I don't think it's going to turn into the Walter PPK. You know, that's just going <laughs> to not probably work out for anyone. So, yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. But, but I think everyone's used to just a tank with a really big, you know, a really big, big old fusion thing. cannon. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh Transformers Rise of the Beasts is uh is edging closer to that that June 9th release date uh and it's it's finally going to see the the Maximals and Predacons uh enter the film universe. Uh has it been exciting for you to have the opportunity to to support the release of this new film? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um I'm glad I can finally talk about Unicron. <laughs> Um, I've known about that being in the movie for three years now. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Um, and it was one of those things that like, we weren't sure they were actually going to show in a trailer prior to the movie. So it was like the biggest kept secret in the industry about the film. Um, so that's really awesome. I'm glad to see everybody's excitement for that. I can't wait to see it. Um, I actually haven't seen much outside of like a couple things basically outside the trailer there are people within the company that have seen it they saw a rough cut last summer before animation was done and they've seen a few different cuts since then as they're like working the last little bits of tweaks as movies tend to do you know up to release time um, that last two weeks prior they're still making some final tweaks and animation fixes um from the product side it's been interesting in that we actually have movie product in studio series in the movie year um that had a lot to do with the movie shifting out a year when we made our plan is that we were supposed to be following it. Cause we'd really try to go for that screen accuracy, final CAD from the film, make the toy. So we tried our best. Um, I'm sure there are a couple of people who, once they see the movie, be like, well, that's not a hundred percent accurate. And that's what studio series is supposed to be about. Well, um, we tried our best. Um, we updated the toys up until the absolute last minute that we could for production. 
but um, it's been nice to have stuff. I really think that they're also going to take off like once everybody gets a chance to go see the movie and connect with characters. Um, once they see the film and be like, oh yeah, Rhinox is totally my dude. Or, oh, Primal just absolutely slayed this movie. I need an Optimus Primal. Where's my Optimus Primal? Or, oh, I'm in love with RC now because she's just funny. And like Eliza Koshy is a great actress. And I actually have to go get that core class Ducati because it's just awesome. So um yeah, it's been a lot of fun to create that stuff. Our kid team actually got to create a lot of really awesome product for the film, too. So um, more to come from Studio Series. I won't be shy about it. We have some more to reveal this year and even some other characters into 2024, just how things worked out. So don't feel like we're going to stop supporting this movie by any means as soon as it hits theaters. We still have more for everybody this year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, that's yeah. one of those things that, that always comes up, too, right? where it's like, you know, especially with Hasbro and the relationship, you know, Hasbro has with Disney and the, you know, and, and, you know, kind of these film verse things is there's always like that certain amount of stuff that you can put out before the film or like while the film's out. And then there's always, you know, the big reveal, the twist, the things that happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope this comes. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm definitely excited to, uh, to see, to see where you guys go with that. Cause you know, I've, you know, we're seeing all the stuff start to hit shelves and like the pairings of the characters. It's like, Oh, how do these interact in the, in the movie? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. so. yeah. So what's been uh, different for you between production of the movie based bots and then the evolution line? Yeah. Um, like I was saying, studio series, we try to be as screen accurate as we can. Um, so when it's licensed, like, um, I'm trying to think here, what was licensed for this film per se. Uh, so clearly like Bumblebee is licensed with GM. Um, other characters in the film that are licensed would be like a Nightbird is the Nissan. Um, we, the battle trap is a licensed GM tow truck. So we have a lot of licensor beholding to make sure the characters and the vehicles look really accurate to their vehicle form too. Um, Sam absolutely crushes that. He is very much a car guy and without him, um, sometimes like he just has this attention to detail that even like Takara when given CAD from the company will be like, eh, we're just going to cut this corner. He's like, no, 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 this line needs to be here because of X, Y, and Z. It's been on the car since 1993. And you're just like, I don't know how you know this. Um, so there's a little more constriction per se for live action stuff on studio series. We have a little more freedom in terms of what we're doing with our 86 line. And then now expanding into war for Cybertron. Um, again, trying to be as hundred percent screen accurate as we can be. Um, Evan spends a lot of time watching the 86 movie with his Pantone book and making sure he's <laughs> nailing the colors since it's been color corrected. So those toys really come out as close as you can. And then for the war for Cybertron stuff, we actually got like the original CAD files for the characters from our digital games team from the discs back in the day and they they tried to make those like as accurate as they could clearly transformation engineering a little different from what it was able to do in a video game but uh, really just a lot of fun there Uh, in terms of evolution uh, we have a lot of freedom Uh, it's a lot of fun and we get to just kind of do what we're trying to do Um, it started out like i know in year one of legacy like there was a lot of interesting comments we'll say about bulkhead or rc coming from prime universe but then being g1ified and maybe it took it quite a little too far and i think we've kind of like found that good medium line where we're making a cohesive look and scale of how everybody looks in transformers legacy over the the years um and kind of found that good blend of like 
paying homage to the universe they come from, but bringing them into this one cohesive generations line. So we get a lot of freedom and that's where, you know, Mark and Evan get to shine like Tarn this year. Um, absolutely incredible. Like people have been asking for, I don't know, five, six years, like when are we getting an official Transformers Generations Tarn figure? And we're like, okay, let's do it. Like this is the line to do it in. So let's just get it done. Yeah, and, and clearly Mark's had the freedom to come up with like legitimate new characters with like those those junkions um that have been mm-hmm. coming out and you know there's another one, yeah. uh, Trash Master. Trash Master, yeah, yep, that'll get revealed easy. soon. Yeah, we've kind of had this custom build system in generations for a little while now. It started with the weaponizers and war for Cybertron, and then they did the fossilizers in Kingdom. Um, and then we got to have, you know, the junkions this year, um, which is a ton of fun. And uh yeah, so tons of crazy creations. I've seen people make, like, somebody was able to make a Predator out of the weaponizers and the fossilizers, so I can't wait to see what they're able to do by adding these junkie on pieces. Um, but one of the biggest pieces of feedback we get is, like, creating new characters because it's been so long that, like, everybody knows the history and, like, they love their Optimus and their Bumblebee, but they definitely want something new. So being able to give them new characters from an existing faction that they know, or maybe creating a new faction like we did with the fossilizers, it just made sense. Like fossil play is huge. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun to just kind of have that, that freedom with legacy. And then now with evolution and it's just a lot of fun to just make stuff that people were like, I'm never going to get this toy recreated. And then all of a sudden we're like, Hey, we're recreating this toy and they lose their mind and it sells out in the first 20 minutes when it hits pulse, you know, it's great. Yeah, and, and kind of going back to the, the studio series for a second, you know, I, I'm not shy about saying the fact that the, the Michael Bay franchise is what got me into Transformers, and I'm by no means like a, a car expert, but I do, I think one of the things that was so attractive about that movie to me was seeing like, oh, like look at in in kind of like in real life, like look at where the windshield goes and like see, like looking mm-hmm. at like the transformation process and then for me, the icing on the cake was we went to Universal Studios and went on the, the attraction and seeing Optimus, you know, transform, you know, feet away from you, you know, in, in the ride in 3D was just like completely blew my mind. And I mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's what sucked me in. And like the attention yeah, to that detail was... on the, the, the studio series line. I mean, like it it matters like it, it, it those little tiny things. Yeah. And it's it was different, too, from like. You know, the cartoon, you hear the noise and they transform and, you know, it happens, but it's to see it like kind of quickly flow into movement in the movies was just kind of the the mind blowing kind of jaw dropping part of it. Oh, yeah. And that's that's what I always enjoyed most about those movies is the just seeing the transformers, seeing the uh, the, the bots do what they do. Yeah, there's no denying that, like, in 2007, that movie just hit well, right? Like, it rejuvenated the franchise, it brought people back to Transformers that maybe had walked away from their childhood, it created a new generation of kids who had never heard or seen a Transformer, then all of a sudden they see this commercial and they're like, Dad, I want to go to the theater and see the truck do the thing! (laughs) Um, You know, so it was, like, we owe a lot to those films in terms of, like, our, our longevity of our brand and it always being on for the last 40 years, and um it is like studio series is all about that detail um and our team absolutely nails it every chance they get um takara does their best to try to make those transformations look as close to screen as they can like clearly you can do a lot more with cgi than we can do with physical plastic in your hand but um yeah studio series definitely 
is a different beast and it's actually like a great introduction for a lot of people. So you're not the only one. Um, we do see a lot of people join the Transformers toy collecting world through studio series because they saw X movie and they're like, Oh, this is that character. So like, you know, the fallen just came out last year and people are like, I've been waiting for the fallen, you know, since 2009, where, where's my fallen. Mm -hmm. And now they're just like back in again. They're like, Oh, this just came back out. I love this villain. And they're like, Oh wait, there's a hundred more of these things. Oh, gotta go buy more. So, um, yeah, studio series and and just the films in general have been great for the brand. Well, I mean, I can tell you that every time we see a, a yellow and black Camaro anywhere, like my <laughs> my daughter is like, oh, it's Bumblebee. I'm like, yep. Very good. <laughs> and sometimes it's not a Camaro; it's like a Corvette or something, or you know, some other kind of you know low flat sports car. But it's that same color scheme. She's like, "Is that Bumblebee?" I'm like, "That's not a Camaro," but like. You're still, it could be. You're adorable. Is, it still, is, mm -hmm. is it still a Chevy? Maybe he decided to change yeah. today. You never know. Yeah, he scanned a different yeah. car. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's just uh, it, it is it is awesome to see you know the, the studio series characters uh, you know come off the screen and and you know into uh, into the line. But uh, something else that was revealed you know during your most recent live stream um, were two very interesting Amazon exclusive sets that include uh, some pretty deep cuts, uh, including characters like Data Clerk Orion Pax and, uh, and <laughs> Senator Ratbat. Um, so how do you know, characters like that that are, that are such deep cuts, how do they, they find their way into the line? Yeah, that one is actually all Evan. Um, he had this whole plan that he presented when we were trying to figure out our 2023 line. And he was like, hey, Amazon gives us what we call, it's called A-plus content. So Amazon, with their, their product pages, they have a lot of extra space so that we can provide extra e-com copy and tell a little bit of a story. So using a story that existed loosely through all the different iterations of the pre-war comics um, and putting these characters together, we were like, okay, we can tell a story of this pre-war Senate versus a Centicon era before the Autobots and Decepticons were a thing. Um, everybody knows Optimus as Optimus Prime, but there was a time where he basically was just like, a, 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 he was a data clerk, right? He was working in the library in Icon City, and he was beholden to the Senate, and he, they would use him to do different things. Um, it was fun to talk about Ratbat not being a tiny cassette that lives in Soundwave's chest because you're like, well, okay, so he's this big giant senator, but then he just decides to later in life transcan into a cassette and live in somebody else's <laughs> chest. It's like kind of funny. Um, and then like Senator Shockwave also being like, wait, Shockwave wasn't always purple, wasn't always a Cyclops and wasn't always just like completely insane and just wanted to kill everything and everyone. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, and then we've always wanted to make a minor Megatron for a while. Um, you know, clearly an important part of his history, especially if you've read that, that mini series that came out about Megatron. Um, so these packs were great. Um, and then clearly we weren't shy about it on the fan stream that there's more coming to this story capsule, um, so that you'll be able to build out a little more, um, and maybe even some more deep cuts that I don't think people are expecting, but really unique characters that we wanted to, again, use that storytelling platform of Amazon to really drive home, kind of like we did with the Wreckers last year, where you actually got that story that built on itself each day um, when it came out so you knew what we were doing. Or two years ago with the Golden Disc, when you were like, wait, we're doing time travel about this disc all of a sudden in this same capsule where we're already doing time travel in the main line? What is going on here? So <laughs> um, really awesome ability and great partnership with Amazon to be able to bring fans something they never thought they'd be able to get 
um, in a very easy to get exclusive process thanks to Amazon. So, And now a word from our sponsors. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom and pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey for their grand opening on Saturday, May 13th or online at chubzywubzy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Rewind and press play on your VHS collection with CGC. CGC is excited to announce our newest collectible vertical, CGC Home Video. As a division dedicated to authenticating and grading your VHS collection, our experts are ready to help you encapsulate your favorite video cassettes. Don't settle for static on the screen. Submit today at cgcgrading.com. That's cgcgrading.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. And now, back to the show. So with stuff like this, and you know, and, and, you know these deeper cut characters, and, you know, obviously... You know the the way that the two pack system works. It's like clearly, you know, there's like a hero, a hero character, and then like a secondary character in the pack. But like with this process and you know the selection process, does a lot of it go into like here are the available tools that we have, and you know what can we reuse, and you know kind of a, an economic view of how do we bring these characters to life, and you know. How does that yeah. work? <laughs> that definitely is a big part of how exclusives work. Um, we have a full tooling budget for the entire year for the brand. Um, clearly, we need to make newness all year, and that's what you really see across mainline um, in Studio Series and Legacy. And then we try to look at like where we can partial, where we... Um, Mark and Evan are great at this. They actually build like alt heads into a lot of the molds when they make the character the first time, knowing they're going to make X exclusive down the road. They're like, hey, I already seated for this. Or um, they'll actually even put the extra pieces so that it's not actually a partial. It's just actually a straight up redeco. And we just turn off another part of the tool or we have scrap huh. that we just get rid of. Um, they're really good about it. Um, it actually, like, that's how Galaxy Shuttle came to be. We were looking for an exclusive, and Mark was looking through old tools and found that John Warden had hid the Galaxy Shuttle head in the Astro Train mold back in uh, Siege days. And he's like, we can make Astro Tra- we, we can make uh, Galaxy Shuttle, which was perfect, considering, like, we had just done Victory Saber, and we knew that Deathsaurus was coming, even though the fans didn't. We're like, yeah, we should make Galaxy Shuttle. This is perfect. It's another, you know. Amazing universe characters. So, um, (laughs) yeah, they, we, we, we do plan for that, but yeah, clearly tooling and finances do play a part in what we are able to do. It's not unlimited money, sadly. Um, 
I would love to yeah. make everything as new as possible or everything be a partial, but clearly there are stuff where like, I mean, it's how this, the line was built though, right? Characters were literally built on just straight up redecoing um, mm-hmm. other versions of those characters. So that's clearly where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like like reuse is the nature and it's just kind of one of those things you almost have to think about in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the team's really good at that. They they just, they get it. Um, being toy collectors, they love their six versions of the same character in different decos. So they're like, if I make this and I can make these three different heads, this is what you get. It's really awesome. Um, and they're, they're really good at it. And then they just present it to me and I go, yep, that makes sense. Cool. Way to be economical. Make it. So uh, it's uh, it's great. Now we saw the um another, from another exclusive from Target um there was a shock drop for the buzzworthy Bumblebee capsule um and that really kept the collector community on their toes um is that a strategy that's going to continue into the foreseeable future Yeah we are very strategic I guess you would say in terms of our exclusives um Part of the truth is, is that the way the line planned out with the movie shift, there wasn't a space for Optimus to exist within studio series. Um, And as we allocate tooling and things here, we were actually able to just like, we've seen good success with some studio series stuff at at Target. So we knew we wanted to try something else out with that. And we were able to get Optimus and we're like, yeah, we clearly need to have Optimus from Rise of the Beast somewhere. Uh, I know fans at certain points were just like, why would you make him an exclusive? It was just literally because of the movie shift and it was just the way it worked. Um, So, I think it's fun. I think people are going to go. It's great that people will have a chance to, you know, they'll go to the store and they'll hunt, which I think is something that's kind of lost a little bit now. Everybody's so used to their pre-order phase, but I think it'll be fun for them to go in, try to find these Optimus character um, and see like what else is on the shelf for Rise of the Beast in the movie after having seen it. Um, And again, I know Evan kind of shared it on the stream, but like he started out (laughs) as what was supposed to be a partial, but by the end, Takara wizards work their magic as they tend to do. And pretty much almost all of that figure is brand new compared to the bumblebee Optimus that it started with. So um, we got there. It's crazy. It's super fun. Um, but yeah, it's gonna, it'll be a fun one to go hunt this summer when it drops. Yeah. All of the vehicle modes and for the rise of the beast figures so far, are like the, the mad maxification mm-hmm. <laughs> of them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool concept. I, I can't wait to see it play out in the movie. So yeah, I totally want, I want us to buy one of the optimists from the movie and just like park it at the office. Uh, I think it'd be super fun. I actually joke and say, I want scourge and then I want to take it home because then I could get to the office real quick the next morning because everybody would just get the hell out of my way <laughs> while I'm driving that down the interstate. Like, Oh no, move, move. The thing's going to hit me. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to run you over because it's not going to hurt me. So, well, listen, if the zombie, if you get one, if the zombie apocalypse ever happens, we know where we're coming because yeah, that scourge, yeah. will, scourge will get through anything. <laughs> we'll get through anything. <laughs> um, yeah, but but you know, to your point, like the it's been kind of cool, you know, um, going into Target and seeing unannounced stuff because I mean, we we grew up in that generation and like, yeah, we're mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna say Back when everything was unannounced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna say that like I don't love my pre-orders because i love being able to just kind of sit at home hit a button and just sit back and wait like it's nice it is nice but at the same time you know i'm going to target for other reasons you know like it's not i'm not just always going for toys uh you know from from one father to another you know like those 
oh crap, we're out of desitin or, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, those, those little runs. Um, and I'm always checking out the toy aisle. So it's always fun to see, you know, the, in the transformers aisle stuff that like has not been shown on a stream and doesn't show up in Hasbro you know, on, on the, the Instagram feed. And it's like, Oh, you know, that, the buzzworthy, uh, bumblebee capsule is still paying off, you know, just like random new stuff showing up. So, yeah, it was super fun. I was actually on vacation over the weekend out in Santa Rosa, California. Um, and, had a target run to go get a couple things. And I'm like, Hey guys, while we're here, I got to go hit up the toy. aisle, take some pictures just to compare it back to home. And it was actually like interesting to see again, ran into some of the kid movie line, buzzworthy bumblebee exclusives, like on the shelf. And I was like, that's cool. I like, I haven't seen them yet. This is great. And like, got to take a picture and send it back to the team. I'm like, Hey, I'm on vacation, but here's some pictures of the store target in Santa Rosa. And like, look, they have exclusives on the shelf. They're working. It was uh it was nice to see. So yeah, it's a, it's a good program. Um, I like what retailer exclusives do in terms of like driving people to the store to do what they're supposed to do. Right. Like what Toys R Us exclusives always did back in the day. Yeah. Um, same kind of concept, just like mm-hmm. helping our partners who help us continue to make this line successful and giving them things that drive consumers into their stores and incidental purchases on other things while they're already there because the toy section's buried. So you have to walk by a lot of things and you're like, Oh yeah, I need that. Oh, yep. I forgot. I needed that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're getting another hundred dollars in purchases and it works out for them and works out for us. Yep. Yep. It's strategic. They know they, those retailers, <laughs> they know where yep. they know why they put the toy aisle where they put it. It's, yep. It makes sense. Um, all right, so our next section here is our Q&A. So um, <clears throat> as we always do when we have a guest on, we'll post on our Instagram. So Dave. So make sure to um, smash that subscribe button and hit those likes. And What about the follow like button? Those, hit the follow button and answer that question for when we say, do you have a question? Yes. Um, that's the only way you'll be able to participate in the Q and a and ask a question. You get better at checking this. those stories. You get better at doing this, the way that you do this every episode. And I just, I'm very proud of you. I love it. I'm an, I'm impressed. I mean, I always like forget at the end of the fan streams and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like subscribe and share and do the things on the YouTubes and the Instagram. I forgot share, <laughs> share as well. Yeah, You get there. Tell your it friends. takes a while. It took me two years. I promise you it doesn't come naturally unless you're doing it, you know, every day for five hours a day. So, uh, you know, as, as Dave was saying, you know, we, we, if you're following us on Instagram at AIC underscore podcast, uh, anytime we have a guest, we will post and collect, uh, some questions to ask our guests. We know it, it is a, uh, you know, we, we, we take it very seriously that, that it's take it very seriously. Um, we, we understand that not everybody has access to the, the people that we have on the show, and we understand that privilege, so we want to make sure that we, you know, we give you guys the opportunity to submit some questions as well. Um, so all of that being said, Dave, would you like to handle our first question? Yes. At Kubi Maximus? I think that's right. Hope I got that right. Hope I got that right. Um, when can we... Oh, at Kubi Maximus asks, when can we get an update on the Haslab Deathosaurus? 
There should be an update going out soon. Uh, I'm just waiting for the team to get it formatted and send it out. Um, Evan recorded a, another video for anybody who backed Victory Saber and saw the EP1 video review. Evan has done the same thing for Deathsaurus for all of you wonderful backers, where he goes into all of little details, shows even some of the things that were messed up on the EP1, things that we're correcting as we work through that process. Um, so that video should be going out um, pretty soon. Um, he does do some comparison with Victory Saber in it, I believe. I've been so super busy that I actually haven't had a chance to watch it myself yet. So um, another semi-lengthy video, but Evan is really good at getting nitty and gritty and detailed with everybody there. Um, and hopefully some more updates a little more consistently as we finished out the production cycle. The EP2 actually showed up at the office today. Um, I decided to work from home because of my trip and I was being considerate to my team. Didn't want to potentially maybe get anybody sick. Not that I feel bad, but I was just like, let's just be safe. Went through two international airports. We'll be good. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what changes and improvements they made over the first version that Evan um, reviewed and then we will have some pictures of it we will be taking it to comic-con with us um, and potentially hopefully um, maybe we'll be ready to do an unboxing at comic-con like we did last year with victory saber awesome um nice. all right so the next question comes from at the nemesis rises asks how influential is the fandom to project design has there ever been a post comment or trend that has directly impacted a product decision? Directly? I'm not sure. Um, in terms of like comments and what people are asking for, like clearly, um, Tarn, definitely one of those people, um, characters that people had been asking for and were like, yep, yep, we hear you, we hear you, we're going to make it. Um, some fan vote stuff has happened, like Windblade was fan created, she finally got made. Um, I know Lenny worked on that and had a lot of fun when that all went down. Um, who's going to be the next prime was a vote and they worked through all of that before I was on the team. So we do try and we, we fail at it sometimes and we're going to try to be better at it of like engaging with the community and seeing what people really are asking for and wanting. Um, I spend a lot of time, probably too much time on forums and comment reading to see what people are saying about stuff when it comes out. I go back through and read the comments after the fan streams um, and see like what else everybody's kind of mining for. And we do take that all into consideration as we continue to develop the lines in the future. So directly impact. I don't know. Um, maybe there's design stuff that happens. Um, sometimes we see people kit bash characters that come out right when it comes out and they're like, Oh, this redeco is coming. And we're like, Oh, we didn't think of it that way. Maybe that'll work. Um, yeah. Influential. Yeah. The fans are definitely influencing where we're going and what we're doing, but clearly, you know, we, we have to make our optimist and our bumblebee every year, but <laughs> we do, we are expanding and, you know, making these fun characters and it's because the fans have been asking for them repeatedly. And we're like, here, I have like 600 posts that say make Tarn. So we go and make that character. You know? Nice. So, you know, we always get those like, when is this coming amalgamation? And thank you for everyone that asks like when something's coming, um, what's the best way for the community, for the transformers fans, uh, to make their requests to the team heard. Um, honestly, just keep commenting where you are. Like you can comment to Mark or Evan or myself on our posts when we post on Instagram. Um, 
post in the chat for the fan stream, post on the forums you're posting on. We're reading there. Um, we are trying to like, as a company overall, try to figure out how to engage with fans better. It's something we're working on with pulse. And now that we have that platform to be like, Hey, we should be talking back at the community kind of like other big corporations do, you know, like Wendy's, for instance, one of my favorite Twitter accounts that they actually just get back at people. Clearly we're not going to be that kind of vulgar and mean to people, but, um, engaging with people in that way so there's definitely just you know where you're posting now do that but definitely hit us up on instagram if you want to dave you want to do the next one yeah sure um at jaden 1047 asks what was the first transformer you ever worked on Hmm, that's a good question so I inherited the first year of Legacy when I joined the product team. The, the year was pretty much baked. So were all of the exclusives. I was kind of just managing it. So Evolution overall is kind of like my first foray into products I worked on. Um, did the brainstorms, work with the design team, figure out where we were going. Um, again, Studio Series for the most part was baked because it just shifted a year because of the movie. So... Um, War for Cybertron video game characters for something new that we decided to work on and add into 23. But I'm trying to think of like the first actual character that I kind of like took on and managed. It was actually probably those collabs. Like they had the GI Joe crossover ones they had kind of started, but they weren't completely done yet. So those were the ones that I really like owned from the get go. And then, um, the biggest marketing things I had to take on were our Jurassic collab. Mm. Um, and had to do all of the marketing for that. Like that project got dumped in my lap and they're like, we need a marketing plan and how are we going to launch this? And we're going to do this and we need to do that. And I was like, uh, okay, sure. Let's figure this out. Um, so we were able to use an animator that we knew, um, to make that teaser animation that we had go out the weekend before we launched it. Um, so that was a lot of fun to work with them on that. And then I worked with one of our photographers in house to do the photo shoot where we recreated the T-Rex breaking out of its pen in the night. Um, I got to stand there and hold the fog can and splash water on the things while we were taking the shots to make it look like it was raining and wet. It was a lot of fun. Um, so that was kind of one of my big first like projects that I did entirely. And then also victory saber kind of got dropped into my lap and I didn't know much about the victory universe before like coming back to the brand. Um, so I did a lot of brushing up and watching a lot of subtitled episodes and trying to figure out how we were going to make that. So, you know, getting that launch video put together from the renders and trying to make sure it was really going to hit with the fans. Um, and then, you know, clearly we went and had the audio re-recorded so that people were like, Oh, this is legit. Like, this is great. So, um, those were probably the first two like major projects that I worked on that anybody saw impact of like what I did from the marketing side of things. Awesome. All right. So our last question for the Q and a here comes from um, some guy, you know, definitely not anyone important or that anyone knows in the transformers world. Definitely not a former guest in the show. Um, at Mark Clonus asks, do you think sea spray will ever be made? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely like one of the not important people in our community <laughs> by any means. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Always asking when things will get made. Um, clearly, I am not shy about sea spray. Um, this dude has been in the line plan. Every time we make a line plan, we look at exclusive programs. I try to figure out where to fit sea spray into the line wherever I can. Um, full transparency. We're talking about 2025 now. We're doing our planning, and he's in 
wave one trying to figure out how to keep him. I guarantee just because it's my luck, he'll probably not make the cut. So don't keep your hopes up if you're a giant sea spray fan. I'll fight for him till the death, but it's just one of those characters that like he's very unique and hard to partial or reuse efficiently, like we talked about earlier. Um, I'm a Decepticon forever. Always will be. Soundwave, absolutely love him. Think he's actually like the secret best leader of the Decepticons. And eventually at some point in time, he's going to win out and he'll just take out Shockwave and Megatron and Starscream and just be like, yeah, I got you all. You had no idea it was coming. But Sea Spray was my first minibot as a kid. So that's where my love for him comes. He still sits in my office up on my desk and looks over me all the time while I'm working. So um, it's just fun. One of those characters that, you know, gets an occasional remake. Um, here and there, like he got a power of the primes in that trilogy somewhere, um, redo. And that was awesome. And then Marcelo, uh, recently was showing some artwork he had done for that packaging. And I was like, I need more sea spray in my life. And now I think he's bringing me those original drawings to Comic-Con for me to get off him so I can frame them, put in my office. So, um, he's just one of those characters that I love as much as I, you know, love the rest of my Decepticons because peace through tyranny clearly listen all you got to do is get him to show up in one of the movies and then yeah that's true yeah it's funny you know everybody's always like more boats and i'm like they're called autobots like <laughs> just saying <laughs> yeah no but uh you know of course that question comes from uh from transformers designer mark maha mark welcome back on the the show at any time buddy Thanks, 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 thanks for busting chops. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's great. We uh, we have a team design chat, um, and we just talk all day, every day about stuff like, "Hey, will this work?" Or like today, Mark was trying to figure out a redeco and partial thing that's happening for an exclusive next year, and he just kept dropping pictures. And he's like, "Ignore, ignore this. I'm just need a picture, and I need to reference it on Teams when I get home. Ignore." And like, I just have like 40 pictures from him today in the office, like trying to figure out stuff to compile back to send it to car and be like, look, this is how this will work. I took pictures and like puts it together. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it's great to work with both of them. Um, and then our team at Takara, they, again, we, we say wizards all the time and we mean it like they are absolute legend designers and it's great to be partnered with them. And we couldn't do it without that partnership by any means. Like they, they really are a big part of what we do, which is why we try to be conscious of like giving them credit when we reveal the toys and do the posts online to be like, yeah, you know, we worked on this with Hisui-san or we worked with us Yuki-san and uh, just making sure that they get as much credit as we do. Like we're the face, but they, they do as much work as we do. It was great to see Hisui-san on not the, this last live stream, but the, the one before that, you know, seeing, seeing him actually there with the model. Like I, I thought that was a really nice touch by the way, you know, so yeah. shouts it's to always- the Takara team. Yeah, it's always fun to get them involved as best as we can. Um, you know, there's clearly a language barrier, but their team is great about it. And they are very willing to do those videos and then send us a nice translation document. And we're able to put it together and hopefully it comes out in the way that it should make sense. I'm sure we miss like a line here or there somewhere along the way, but our fans on this side aren't, you know, fluent in Japanese, or at least most of them aren't. <laughs> um, so we, we definitely are trying to make sure that they get the credit they deserve too. But yeah, Hisui um, had worked on that previous model of the Armada Optimus that got out there a few years ago. So we were like, yeah, we need to make sure like you get to talk about this and then talk about how it plays in scale with the Armada Megatron that's coming with it. And just like, you know, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun to use them where we can. Very, very cool. Well, with that, that takes us out of our Q&A section. BMAC, we did it. You survived uh, <laughs> fan Q&A. 
I did it. Um, and then uh, before we let you go, though, we do have a final question that we ask all okay. of our guests. Uh, Dave, would you like to fulfill your role as this podcast's James Lipton and ask our final question? Why, yes, I would. BMAC, the final question that we ask all of our guests, what is your favorite and or strangest piece in your collection? It can be one of each, or it can be both. Interesting. It's a good question. Um, probably my funniest, I don't know if it's strangest, but funniest, is I have a Conan the Barbarian toy from the old cartoon that was like this battle axe chopping motion Conan toy that has a string and then you pull in his back. Um, the battle axe is long gone and, you know, being a guy and being stupid, you can turn his hand in a very inappropriate way now and pull the string and make him do funny things. Um, <laughs> that toy is always a, a talking piece when people see it. My brother-in-law happened to be over and was helping out. He's in my basement and, uh, he saw the thing and he just picks it up and pulls the string and he's just like, Oh, Oh, okay. What's going on? And my wife just like, I'm sorry, my husband's, you know, ridiculous. And this is his toy and this is what happened. So, um, I don't know what's strangest, but again, funniest or unique, just old toy to have. Um, yeah, I don't know if anything like super unique per se. I'm trying to think there's so much stuff now that I just like, can't well, I mean, you remember. dropped a couple of gems in the beginning. Those, those true, yeah, those, yeah, those prototype things are awesome. Um, someday, I plan to get them all out and display them in my office. Um, you know, maybe until we have another kid, and then I have to pack up and get out of my office and go sit in some corner of the house. But um, yeah, I don't know that that one's my like fun, interesting, good talking piece that people don't expect to happen. Um, in terms of those old Joes, like probably just like getting to test the X-19 jet before it ever came out, that was like just really cool. You're just like this giant jet. Like we lived in the glory age of toys and play sets and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. That one's probably fun. I know people really, it's like a grail for some people that they missed along the way. So I really like having that. Um, I have an old Batman, the animated series Batmobile still from the original run of that show. That's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. It has the like the hubcaps pull out so they can like grind on the other vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, that one's, mm -hmm. that's a good fun one to have in the old collection too. And then I have a lot of the old Toy Biz uh, Marvel stuff. Professor X, the Wolverine with the claws, you push the button, they spring load pop out, some cable gambit with his bad pvc coat that just looked awful but you're like i have a gambit figure i don't care how bad this looks so um yeah yeah the a lot of fun old stuff the plastic decisions of the early 90s yeah <laughs> but the artwork on the cards was on point right like yeah that mm -hmm. the x-men trading cards i know ryan's a huge fan of that but like being able to have jim lee art on a trading card just doesn't seem like it's something that you should have been able to ever buy because he's such a an amazing and wonderful artist um, actually found out that he did two covers for the transformer Marvel books throughout the time when he was at Marvel. So that was interesting to read. I'm like, that means we should get Jim Lee to do something with us somewhere along the way for the 40th anniversary. Like let's get Jim on something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so is Jim in budget? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jim, didn't he just get promoted to like, yeah, he's like, he's like head of in DC. charge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they yeah. they gave him the the big promotion, um, the big one. Well, BMAC, thank you so much for for taking the time to uh, to be on the show. This was this was awesome. Um, 
before we say good evening, uh, remind our listeners, uh, where can they find you on Instagram? Where can they find out the latest about Transformers? Uh, drop drop all the, the, the ats and the, the mentions and everything. Where, where can they, all, they find all the good alrighty. stuff? Um, at Transformers, our official handle on Instagram. That's where all you'll see the pre-order posts go up. Anything about the movie that we're resharing with Paramount, um, you'll find it there. At Hasbro Pulse, also another good one to follow as we work hand-in-hand with Pulse. They're kind of like a marketing extension of Hasbro and action brands in general. Um, you can find me on Instagram at bmacatron 84 because sadly bmacatron was taken. Um, so, you know, I throw that 84 in there. Zero is born. You're the brand started, so it works. Um, as we alluded to, you can find Mark at Mark Clonus. Um, and then I'm always going to butcher Evan's um, username. It's it's his name backwards, so it's like Evan, so it's Nave. It's like Nave Scorb. Scorb, because his last name is Brooks. So, like, his name just backwards is his username. Um, and then Sam is at King Samlock. So, um, who crushes all the rest of us and how he does his Instagram posts. And you're just like, Oh, it's so beautiful and perfect. And he goes into key shot and he just makes these perfect 360 turns and CAD half videos. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh. I'm like, here's the graphic from Hasbro pulse that says I'm (laughs) going to do a fan stream next week. Like I have the least creative because I can only talk about things after they're public. The other guys actually get to do some like behind the scenes stuff. So, uh, yeah, those are that's where you can find us. If you want to follow Lenny um, at Weather Dominator is his GI Joe handle um, because clearly the Weather Dominating Machine was an awesome part of a real American hero. So yeah, I like that he like started to commit to his Instagram account being like in the voice of Cobra Commander and has slowly just turned <laughs> yeah. back into just being Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, BMAC, thank you. We'll, we'll make sure we'll put all those links, uh, you know, in the in the show notes. So that way, people can go and click and follow and and leave the comments for all of the uh, the the you know headmasters and all of the the <laughs> random bots that they want. Um, and they can they can pepper you with those requests. Uh, Perfect. I expect my inbox to blow up of like, why haven't you made this character since 1988? Wave two, it hits shelves on March, and I want a new one. I'm ready for it. Send it. Send it. Full send. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Dave, why don't uh, why don't you send us home? Go see Rise of the Beasts on June 9th and check out all the new toys. Till all are one. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.